Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining Dropbox's second quarter 2020 earnings conference call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay from the Investor Relations section of Dropbox's website following this call. I will now hand the call over to Lev Finkelstein, Dropbox's VP of Corporate Finance and Strategy. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good afternoon and welcome to Dropbox's second quarter 2020 earnings call. Today, Dropbox will discuss the quarterly financial results that were distributed earlier. Statements on this call include forward-looking statements, including the potential impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and related public health responses on our business, financial results, and the economy, statements relating to the expected performance of our business, future financial results, including expectations regarding future profitability and our ability to generate and sustain positive free cash flow, our ability to extend our platform by developing and offering new products and features, our strategy, as well as the ability of our key employees to execute our strategy, long-term growth, and overall future prospects. These statements are subject to known and unknown risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected or implied during this call. In particular, those described in our risk factors included in our Form 10-K for the year ended December 31, 2019, and the risk factors that will be included in our Form 10-Q for the quarter ended June 30, 2020. You should not rely on our forward-looking statements as predictions of future events. All forward-looking statements that we make on this call are based on assumptions and beliefs as of today, and we undertake no obligation to update them except as required by law. Our discussion today will include non-GAAP financial measures. These non-GAAP financial measures should be considered in addition to and not as a substitute for or in isolation from our GAAP results. A reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP results may be found in our earnings release, which was furnished with our Form 8K filed today with the SEC and may also be found in the supplemental investor materials posted on our investor relations website, which can be found at investors.dropbox.com. I would now like to turn the call over to Dropbox's co-founder and chief executive officer, Drew Houston. Thanks, Liv, and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our Q2 earnings call. On the call with me is Ajay Vashi, our Chief Financial Officer, and Olivia Nottebaum, our Chief Operating Officer, will also join us during Q&A. Similar to last quarter, the three of us are dialing in remotely from our homes, so please forgive us for any sound quality issues or background noise over the next hour. I'd like to start by thanking Ajay for all he's contributed to Dropbox over the last eight years. As you've likely seen, we've announced that he'll be leaving us this fall to spend more time with his family and then transition to a career in venture capital. When Ajay started at Dropbox, the cloud collaboration market was still nascent, and we were just getting started, only had 100 employees. During his tenure, he's helped us scale into a public company with a resilient, profitable business model and nearly 3,000 employees all over the world. We're grateful for the strong foundation and incredible team he's established.
flourished, and we couldn't have gotten here without him. Ajay's leadership and investment in his team makes this a relatively seamless transition. On that note, I'm excited to welcome Tim Regan, our Chief Accounting Officer, as our new CFO. In his last three years at the company, Tim has demonstrated exceptional leadership with the operational skill and discipline needed for his new role. Tim brings over two decades of experience at Dropbox. He was previously the controller at Pandora and held senior positions at Dolby and Ernst & Young. We couldn't be happier to have Tim as our new CFO and are confident that Dropbox will be successful in his capable hands. He'll officially step into the role on September 15th, and Ajay will remain an advisor to the company until mid-October to ensure a smooth transition. With that, let's turn to the remainder of our call. Today, I'll talk about our business and product highlights and the continued expansion of our ecosystem. Ajay will review our Q2 financial results, touch on our go-to-market strategy, and provide guidance for Q3 and fiscal 2020. Before we move to our quarterly results, I want to provide some updates around how we're managing operations in a distributed work environment. The health and safety of our employees remains our number one priority, and we've officially extended our work-from-home policy through the end of the year. I also want to commend the entire team at Dropbox for doing an incredible job navigating these unprecedented circumstances. Over the past few months, they've been hard at work launching new features and products aimed at helping our users manage their most important workflows during these unique times. We've also been focused on providing extra support to our customers most impacted by COVID-19. In certain cases, we've provided relief by extending the payment terms and changing invoice frequency to ensure they have the tools they need to get their best work done. And over the past quarter, we also expanded several of our larger-scale larger educational deployments and onboarded new customers like the University of Michigan. Our deployment with the University of Michigan represents one of our largest educational deals to date as institutions around the world look to accelerate their digital transformation efforts and shift to a remote learning environment. Companies are also increasing their reliance on Dropbox as they make the transition to distributed work. Just a few weeks ago, a major European luxury retail company significantly expanded their deployment with Dropbox to over 20,000 seats. As part of this seven-figure deal, the company plans to accelerate their shift to the cloud and cited our new desktop application as a critical tool for their employees to securely collaborate with one another wherever they are. We're fortunate and proud that our product lends itself well to the facilitation of remote work and collaboration. I'm excited to announce that we now have more than 500,000 Dropbox business teams on our platform. And over the past quarter, more than 450,000 of those teams are now using our new desktop application, which gives knowledge workers a unified home for their content and connects them to popular tools like Slack, Zoom, and Atlassian. Across Q2, trial volumes to our team and individual plans also remained elevated, and were 20% higher than pre-COVID levels. I'd note that the conversion rates of these larger cohorts have remained consistent with average historical figures, which is encouraging and underscores the value that users are deriving from our products and platform. Turning to our quarterly results, in Q2, we continue to see strength across our business. Revenue grew 18% year-over-year on a constant currency basis, driven by increases in both paying users and ARPU. We also drove robust margin expansion as we continue to deliver a healthy balance of growth and profitability. These results underscore the strength of our global collaboration platform, our efficient go-to-market strategy, and our operational discipline. Let's move on to some of the product highlights from the quarter. We're focused on providing more value to our users through consistent feature and product introductions. 
And in Q2, we added a number of high-value features to our Plus SKU to give users the tools they need to better manage both their work and personal lives. First, we launched Dropbox Passwords. Dropbox Passwords enables users to store login credentials for websites and apps and sync them across all of their devices. And with zero-knowledge encryption, users can ensure their data is securely protected and accessible only to them. We also launched Vault, a secure folder with an extra layer of security for all your most important personal files, like insurance cards and passports and personal financial information. Content stored in Vault is only accessible with a PIN code, and users can enjoy peace of mind knowing that they can designate access to trusted friends and family members in the event of emergency. And finally, we launched Computer Backup, a feature that allows users to automatically backup folders on their PC or Mac, including their desktop, downloads, and documents folders, directly into their Dropbox. Files and folders are continuously synced between the cloud and the user's hard drive, and changes made to their content are automatically updated in both locations. These three features are now available in beta to our Plus subscribers and represent one of the biggest updates we've made to this SKU since its inception. In addition to improving the Plus plan, we also launched a brand new SKU into beta last quarter, Dropbox Family. This new SKU keeps the families digital lives connected with one organized place to share photos, videos, and important documents. Dropbox Family lets up to six members share two terabytes of storage under one plan with one bill. Members can create shared spaces to make content easily accessible to the whole family, and each member has their own private space for personal content. We're currently beta testing the Dropbox Family product with select Dropbox users and plan to roll it out more broadly across the second half of the year. In Q2, we also continue to make progress against our product integration strategy with HelloSign. HelloSign is now natively embedded into Dropbox product surfaces. And now, when a user opens a file in Dropbox, they can quickly identify which fields need to be signed and send that file out for e-signature. And once a file is signed by the recipient, the completed document is automatically saved into the appropriate Dropbox folder. This is a big improvement to the overall user experience. Not only does the entire end-to-end -end workflow live within Dropbox, but this also makes HelloSign the primary e-signature tool for Dropbox users around the world. To capitalize on the growing international opportunity, we also launched HelloSign in 21 additional languages this past quarter, bringing effortless e-signature functionality and a fully localized experience to businesses globally. We also expanded our customer service to include additional support hours for the EMEA and APJ regions. Investments like these have helped to propel adoption of the HelloSign product suite. Across Q2, usage of both the HelloSign API product as well as the core e-signature solution increased by more than 25% relative to Q1 levels. And trials to HelloSign's digital fax solution, HelloFax, also increased by more than 25% during the same period. It's exciting to see this increased usage of HelloSign products, and we remain committed to leveraging our broad distribution channels to continue driving adoption of HelloSign SKUs. And beyond the improvements we've made to the core Dropbox and HelloSign experiences, we've also been focused on expanding our ecosystem of trusted partners to position Dropbox at the center of our users' workflows. And in Q2, we launched the new Dropbox App Center, a place where users can discover, learn about, and connect apps to their Dropbox account, helping to create a more engaging, higher value, and retentive experience within our platform. Now, customers can easily link commonly used tools from partners like Canva, Smartsheet, and Google to their Dropbox account with just a few clicks.
In summary, we delivered another great quarter. Demand for our products remains strong as more people have turned to both Dropbox and HelloSign to manage their most important workflows. We're also excited about the opportunity ahead. It's clear to me that the shift to distributed work will ultimately be as significant as the shift to mobile or the shift to cloud. And all knowledge workers need new and better ways to organize their working lives in this new environment. We've completely reoriented our product roadmap since March and see many opportunities to design new products and experiences for distributed work. And I'm excited to share more of what we've been working on in the second half of the year. I'll now turn it over to Ajay to walk through our financial results. Drew, thank you for all of your support and partnership over the past eight years. It's been an absolute pleasure working alongside you and the Dropbox team, and I'm going to miss everyone at the company as I move on to my next endeavor. I'd also like to convey how excited I am to pass the reins to Tim. Tim was my first hire as CFO and couldn't be more prepared to help lead Dropbox through its next phase. Turning to the numbers, our Q2 results continue to demonstrate our strong execution and focus on delivering a healthy balance of top-line growth and profitability. Total revenue for the quarter was up 16% year-over-year to $467 million. On a constant currency basis, year-over-year growth would have been 18%. ARR for the quarter was $1.931 billion, an increase of $67 million quarter over quarter, and an increase of 17% year over year. On a constant currency basis, year over year ARR growth would have been 18%. We ended Q2 with 15 million paying users, and ARPU was $126.88 in the period. Our continued growth in ARR reflects our strategy to methodically convert our highest value users to drive sustainable monetization and retention. We've also been focused on supporting our customers as they manage the transition to remote work and learning from small and large businesses to global universities. With that, let's touch on some of the go-to-market strategies we implemented this past quarter. Over the last few months, our data science team has been experimenting with a HelloSign upsell model that identifies which Dropbox customers are most likely to convert to a paying HelloSign subscriber. Based on file types, shared folder activity, and certain engagement characteristics, the machine learning model aggregates a list of Dropbox users who would benefit from HelloSign's e-signature capabilities. Armed with this context, our growth team surfaced a series of in-app targeted prompts and notifications promoting HelloSign and its feature set. The initial experimentation period has been promising. Users identified by the model signed up for a HelloSign trial at a 50% higher rate relative to a control group. And with the recent HelloSign and Dropbox deep integration that Drew mentioned earlier, we're excited about the opportunity for us to continue cross-selling HelloSign into our install base of over 600 million registered users. Let's move on to some of our customer highlights. In Q2, 
we had a number of wins across a range of verticals, including media, construction, education, and retail. We're excited to share that DiviMove, a new generation media company with nine offices across Europe, is now a Dropbox business customer. DiviMove approached Dropbox to find a more efficient way to collaborate across their organization. Dropbox will be a critical part of DiviMove's media workflows, and the company plans to leverage key integrations with Adobe, as well as native features like Dropbox Transfer, to optimize how they manage the content creation lifecycle, from concept ideation to final asset delivery. In addition to facilitating increased productivity, we are also working closely with DiviMove to provide seamless data migration services as they move their content to the Dropbox platform. In addition, we're pleased to announce that Tokyo Reiki Kojio is now a Dropbox Enterprise customer. Tokyo Reiki Kojio is a Japan-based distributor and services provider for HVAC projects for large-scale building sites. They turned to Dropbox to provide a secure, cloud-based storage solution for their on-site and field workers. They were also focused on implementing a solution that would ensure their customers and partners could share and collaborate around large, content-rich file types. After evaluating Dropbox against two other competitors, Tokyo Reiki Kojio selected Dropbox for a multi-year deployment to modernize how their teams work and collaborate. Before I move on to the rest of the PL, I want to note that unless otherwise indicated, all income statement measures that follow are non-GAAP and exclude stock-based compensation, amortization of purchased intangibles, and certain expenses related to the acquisition of HelloSign. Our non-GAAP net income also excludes net gains and losses on equity investments. A reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP results may be found in our earnings release, which was furnished with our Form 8K filed today with the SEC and in the supplemental investor materials posted on our investor relations website. Moving to the P&L, gross margin for the quarter was 79%, an increase of three percentage points compared to the second quarter of 2019. The increase in gross margin was driven by unit cost efficiency gains with our infrastructure hardware, including lower depreciation as a share of revenue. We now expect fiscal 2020 gross margin to be approximately two percentage points higher than 2019. Moving to operating expenses, second quarter R&D expense was $135 million, or 29% of revenue, compared to 30% in Q2 a year ago. The decrease as a percentage of revenue was driven by work-from-home-related savings, offset by higher headcount and investments in new product development and testing. S&M expense was $92 million in the quarter, or 20% of revenue, compared to 24% in Q2 a year ago. The decrease was due to greater efficiencies in marketing-related spend relative to Q2 of 2019, 
as well as lower event-driven spend due to COVID-19. G&A expense was $48 million, or 10% of revenue, compared to 11% of revenue in Q2 a year ago. The decrease was due to work-from-home-related savings, as well as lower non-income-based taxes. Taken together, we earned $96 million in operating profit in the second quarter. This translates to a record 21% operating margin, which is an 11 percentage point improvement from Q2 of 2019. Net income for the quarter was $93 million, up from $42 million a year ago. Diluted EPS was $0.22 per share, based on 421 million diluted weighted average shares outstanding, up from $0.10 in Q2 a year ago. I'd also note that we were once again GAAP profitable in Q2. Moving on to cash balance and cash flow, we ended Q2 with cash and short-term investments of $1.118 billion. Cash flow from operations was $146 million in the quarter. Capital expenditures were $26 million, yielding free cash flow of $120 million, or 26% of revenue. CapEx in Q2 included $14 million of spend on our corporate headquarters, of which $6 million was offset by tenant improvement allowances. In Q2, we continued to pay a portion of the deal consideration holdback related to our acquisition of HelloSign. These payouts will occur quarterly through Q1 of 2022. Excluding the headquarters spend net of TIAs of $8 million and payout of HelloSign deal consideration holdback of $4 million, free cash flow would have been $132 million, or 28% of revenue. In Q2, we also added $30 million to our finance lease lines for data center equipment. We expect additions to our finance lease lines to be approximately 8% of revenue in 2020. Now let's turn to our guidance. While our business has certainly been resilient and we've benefited from some emergent tailwinds, we remain mindful of the broader macroeconomic risks and unpredictability that the second half of the year may bring. Similar to last quarter, we factored this into our guidance as appropriate. With that, let's move on. For the third quarter of 2020, we expect revenue to be in the range of 481 to 484 million dollars. On a constant currency basis, we estimate that revenue would be approximately two million dollars higher. We expect non-GAAP operating margin to be in the range of 17.5% to 18%, and diluted weighted average shares outstanding to be in the range of 421 to 426 million based on our trailing 30-day average share price. For the full year 2020, we are raising our revenue guidance range, 
which was previously $1.880 to $1.900 billion to $1.891 to $1.901 billion. On a constant currency basis, we estimate that revenue would be approximately $13 million higher for a range of $1.904 to $1.914 billion. We are raising our non-GAAP operating margin guidance range, which was previously 17.5% to 18%, to 18% to 18.5%. And we are raising our free cash flow guidance range, which was previously 460 to $470 million, to 465 to $475 million. This range includes one-time spend related to the build-out of our corporate headquarters, as well as the payout of deal consideration holdback related to our acquisition of HelloSign. Excluding these items, free cash flow would be 515 to $525 million. Finally, we expect 2020 diluted weighted average shares outstanding to be in the range of 420 to 425 million based on our trailing 30-day average share price. In conclusion, the investments we've made in our business from both a product and go-to-market perspective continue to perform well, especially amidst a rapidly changing global environment. We've continued to innovate and deliver more value to our users, enabling them to do their best work and I'm excited about our potential going forward. I'll now turn it back to Drew for closing remarks. Thank you, Ajay. At Dropbox, we're committed to helping our users do their best work during these unprecedented times. And with our profitable self-serve business model and continued product innovation, we believe we're well-positioned to tackle the opportunity. On behalf of our management team, I'd like to take a moment to thank our customers, partners, and the entire Dropbox team. With that, I'd like to open up the call for Q&A. Operator? Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. We ask that you please limit yourself to one question and one follow-up. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Our first question comes from Alex Zukin with RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my question. Uh, and, Ajay, it's been a, a pleasure uh, working with you on these calls. You'll be missed. Um, Thank you, Alex. So maybe just, maybe just two quick ones from me. Um, Drew, when you think about the, the combination of headwinds and tailwinds brought from, uh, from COVID on the business with respect to the SMB market, um, you know, given the net ads number this quarter was the strongest you've had in some time, is it fair to say that the the head, that the tailwinds, um, you know, around the increasing need of your business and the strategic value proposition, like, is it fair for us to think that 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 you're now kind of starting to see an actual tailwind that that could, um, you know, could be durable? And I've got a quick follow up. Sure. Um, thanks, Alex. Um, yeah, as, as you saw, measures like trial volumes uh, continue to be elevated. Um, I mean, some of the surges tapered off since Q1, but um, 
in SMB, certainly we see that our Dropboxers both have been trying to Dropbox for distributed work since the beginning, and they've continued to do um, that since COVID, um, and we've seen elevated demand. Um, and and more broadly, we see big opportunities to improve the distributed work experience in general. I mean, we're addressing a universal need. Every knowledge worker needs an organized place for their content that works with all platforms and um, even with the shift to COVID, I mean, Dropbox is like an essential part of business operations. So we've seen continued strength and resilience um, post the shift to COVID, and we see a lot of opportunities to reimagine the distributed work experience going forward. Okay. And and then maybe just the, the, the quick uh, follow-up is, how would you assess the health of the SMB market, uh, maybe for, for Drew or Ajay, and then – Last quarter, you talked about, you know, seeing early signals uh, in your kind of pipelines that were very positive, but you weren't ready to make the call whether that elevated pipeline was actually driving more deals or conversions. So now after a few months uh, in, in COVID, you talk to both of those two things. Sure. Well, I can start and, and Ajay can uh, chime in. Um, well, I, I think, again, with SMBs, we're mindful of the broader macroeconomic environment and what might happen in the second half. Um, but in general, businesses that employ knowledge workers uh, that can work from home have been less disrupted. And again, Dropbox tends to be critical to NSMB's operations, so it's not really a discretionary purchase. Um, so, so we feel good on that front. Yeah, this is Ajay. Just to, to jump in and maybe provide a little bit of commentary around some business metrics and trends out to help answer your question. You know, the business has been resilient. Uh, you know, our churn rate remained relatively stable from Q1 to Q2. Uh, that was the case last quarter as well, uh, as we noted on that call. And net revenue retention improved for us quarter to quarter, and this is really because the majority of our subscribers are knowledge workers, and we play an important role in managing business-critical content for them, really more so now uh, than ever. And as it relates to some of those tailwinds that we saw uh, in Q2 to ARR and to paying users, uh, you know, higher top-of-funnel demand, the demand that Drew talked to on trial volumes, did result in higher levels of conversions to our paid plans. And then to the question you had on pipeline, we also closed some large uh, outbound deals and university deployments in the period as well. And all that being said, just one note I would make on as we provide commentary on paying users, you know, our, our focus is on profitably growing our total ARR base. Uh, certainly versus optimizing for a specific, you know, a specific number there quarter to quarter, and so that will remain our priority going forward. Perfect. Thank you, guys, and congratulations again. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mark Murphy with J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Yes, thank you. Ajay, it's been great working with you, and I uh, wanted to wish you all the best in your uh, future role. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and congrats on a on a very nice uh, quarter and strong guidance. Um, I wanted to hone in on the ARR uh, growth of 18% in constant currency. Uh, again, nice to see the health and actually acceleration in the ARR growth. Um, I know you touched on a couple of these, but I was was curious if you could help us understand just to what extent, you know, when we see that acceleration, to what extent could we tie it to the uh, conversion of, of the remote work-driven trials that uh, Alex had asked you about, um, you know, kind of to what extent um, were any of those outbound large deals kind of chunky that might have moved that? 
And then um, to what extent could, could we maybe look at it and say that there's, there's adoption of the, the new desktop app uh, maybe factoring in? Sure. Uh, it's, it's really a combination of all of the above, uh, Mark, is the answer, and, and I can kind of break it apart for you. Uh, starting with some of those COVID tailwinds and the work-from-home tailwinds, Drew mentioned across Q2, those trial volumes to both our individual and team plans were up on average about 20% relative to pre-COVID levels, and we began to see some of those conversions come through in Q2, and those conversion rates remain consistent with historical levels. Uh, and so that was part of the tailwind there. And then as it relates to HelloSign, usage of their e-signature products, both their API product as well as their core e-signature solution, were also up about 25% Q2 to Q1. Uh, and so that was also a business tailwind. Those were two of the tailwinds that helped us deliver that $67 million of sequential net new ARR uh, this past quarter. And we also had a number of growth initiatives, and we're always working on cultivating that growth initiative pipeline. There's, there are things we launch every quarter. Um, a handful of those initiatives were also successful and a tailwind to the business. And uh, our outbound team uh, has reoriented really successfully from a team that was traveling more actively to one that's uh, really been leveraging telesales and demand for our products has been strong, so they've been able to convert a number of those opportunities. So it was a combination, really, of all those factors that allowed us to uh, accelerate that, that net new ARR growth on a year-over-year basis, quarter-to-quarter. Okay, got yeah. it. And, and Andre, just since you mentioned that some of the new initiatives – um, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask Drew how are you thinking about maybe sizing the opportunity for Dropbox passwords and just um, how you're thinking about the the ability to ring fence and, and, and encrypt a data set that you know presumably is pretty sensitive um, you know high value information and and uh, you know potentially something that would be targeted. Sure. Um, well, we see passwords as. Um, playing to a lot of our strengths around user trust and security and a lot of the huge investments we, we've we made and continue to make there. And it's a natural fit. And for things like Dropbox Vault, Dropbox Passwords, these are pretty universal um, workflows that our customers have. And a lot of what motivated us, motivated us to build more focused solutions around them was seeing that, one, a lot of customers were requesting Dropbox to do more um, in these areas. And then secondly, people were already kind of using Dropbox um, or storing this information in Dropbox, and we see it, we saw an opportunity to provide a more focused experience and then add value to our um, higher-tier plans. And so we think that that these areas, again, play to our strengths, and customers also want the ability to do this in a platform-agnostic or cross-platform way. Um, a lot of the other alternatives they might be using might be tied to one device or one platform, um, but a lot of customers want to be able to work on work across their iPhone and their Windows PC, um, so that's another big strength of ours. And and then I'd say more broadly, um, when you look at um, these use cases and, and you look at post-COVID, where the lines between home and work have blurred even more, um, or about blurred as much as possible since we're literally working from home, we see one of Dropbox's core strengths is supporting both work and personal use cases in a block in, in a platform agnostic way. And then, while both of these features were introduced for your personal lives, in the future, things like securing documents, managing passwords is also highly relevant at work. So we we look at our personal and work product portfolios and, and roadmaps as reinforcing one another. Very helpful. Thank you, Drew. Mm-hmm. Our next question comes from Rishi Jaluria with DA Davidson. Your line is open. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for, for taking my question. Uh, Ajay, I'll, I'll, I'll echo my uh, peers and, and saying it's been a pleasure working with you and, and best wishes for, for the next gig. And uh, also want to extend my congratulations to Tim on, on the new role. I uh, wanted to start first by, by talking about the, the Michigan deal. Um, I mean, really impressive land. Uh, wondering if you'd give a little bit more, more color on that deal, especially because you are replacing a cloud competitor not in on-premise uh, to, to cloud motion. And you know, presumably Michigan chose you over Microsoft and Google, even though they've got long-standing relationships with both vendors. Uh, so maybe a little bit more color on that. And, and broadly, how are you thinking about the higher ed opportunity, especially with so many universities uh, going virtual this coming semester? And then I've got a follow-up. Hi, Rishi. This is Olivia Nadebaum. I'll actually take this this question and thank you for the question. We were excited to partner with University of Michigan. Uh, it was a cross-campus deployment, uh, meaning that it was both for their students as well as their faculty. And for us, that's something we're very proud of and we're partnering with them closely to build out what they need for remote education. And this is an area of focus for us. In fact, I hosted an education CIO forum this morning with a number of education CIOs, and they are very much on their front foot thinking about how does technology lead education going forward, and it's nice to see that they're bringing us into the conversation and very much think of ourselves as a partner to them. Other uh, Education wins we've had was uh, were Northwestern and University of Pennsylvania and Arizona State, just to name name a few. I think the other exciting part about this is that as the graduating classes of these educational institutions leave and graduate, they then take that Dropbox um, love with them. So it's an evergreen model where a quarter of the population is graduating and then, of course, being refilled as they come in. So we're excited about this business opportunity overall. Great. That, that's really helpful, Olivia. And then, uh, Ajay, I wanted to go a little bit more in detail on, on the guidance for next quarter, specifically on, on the operating margin side. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about operating margins declining sequentially, you know, uh, pretty meaningfully. Just wanted to wanted to give a little bit more color on 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 why you know it would be declining, you know, from from Q2 to Q3, and and, and what factors are, are driving that. Thanks. Sure, uh, it's a great question. It's really driven by timing of spend, uh, and we uh, made the decision to shift some marketing spend from Q2 to Q3, and I'll turn things over to Olivia in just a moment to provide a little bit more context on that. It was um, some uh, a campaign that we're going to be launching in the fall. Uh, but generally speaking, I will say, uh, you know, Rishi, that we are uh, expecting to generate more efficiency this year. So this is the driver of us raising our FY20 operating margin guidance to 18 to 18.5%, that being up from the 175 to 18% last quarter. So structurally, we are getting uh, more and more efficient as a business. And I think you can see, based on the results that we delivered in Q2, we've now executed to well within our, our prior long-term target range before we raised those targets earlier this year. Um, so definitely feel feel good about the profitability trajectory that we're on as a business. But I'll turn it over to Olivia to give a little bit more context on some of that marketing spend. Right. So we ended up 
moving some marketing spend um, out into the early fall. We're going to be launching an awareness campaign to really drive knowledge about the Dropbox solutions for business and specifically for remote work. We're really excited for that. It'll be both a top-of-funnel awareness campaign, but then also uh, pulling those through so that we're ensuring that we have conversion off of the investment that we're putting at the top of the funnel. All right, great. Really helpful. Thank you both. Thank you. Our next question comes from Heather Bellini with Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Hey there, um, Drew and Ajay. And Ajay, best best wishes. You you will be missed. Thanks for everything over the years. Um, I, I just wanted to ask a little bit about any trends you're seeing that are noteworthy in you know in terms of quarterly versus uh, versus annual pay. Sure. Uh, this is Ajay. I can start, and then Drew, feel free to chime in with any context that you have. Uh, I think from some of the these larger, more elevated cohorts that we've seen post-COVID, as the world has shifted to a remote work and a remote learning mode, there has been higher demand for our monthly plans in those cohorts, and so that drove some of the variance that you might have seen quarter to quarter, the things like billings, absolute dollars of billings, and billings growth rate. Um, so there has been uh, a mix shift there on a, from a gross new paying user perspective. On an aggregate basis across our 15 million paying users, um, it takes a lot to move that uh, overall ratio between annual and monthly, and so that hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, but from a gross new paying user perspective, quarter to quarter, we've seen a slightly higher uptake on kind of monthly relative to annual. Um, that being said, we have, we have seen a lot of stability with respect to retention. And so I mentioned earlier that uh, churn for us was uh, pretty stable from Q1 to Q2. Net revenue to retention improved quarter to quarter, uh, again, that being because the vast majority of our paying users are knowledge workers and we're playing a pretty important role for them in managing their content. Great. Thank you very much. Our next question comes from Brent Dill with Jeffries. Your line is open. Um, hi. This is Love Stoda on for Brent Dill. Um, first of all, uh, Ajay, best, best wishes to you. Um, I had a couple questions. One was, um, on the hello sign opportunity, uh, I know you guys mentioned that you know you're uh, cross-selling more hello sign deals to you know Dropbox users. So wanted to maybe get some color on what the cross-sell opportunity is. Um, how many you know maybe how many Dropbox users currently are have hello sign and what's the opportunity there? And then I'll ha- have a follow-up as well. Cool. Um, I can start, and Olivia. Um, please chime in. But yeah, as you noted, we continue to see strong demand for HelloSign. And given COVID and the shift to remote work, um, obviously a lot of elevated demand for e-signature. And um, and we're really excited that HelloSign's now been fully integrated into Dropbox. So in Q2, we launched a brand uh, or improved experience where HelloSign's now natively embedded into the Dropbox product. So our users can easily send and sign and safely store their most important agreements in one seamless workflow without ever having to leave, ever having to leave Dropbox. Um, and, um, and it's one of our fastest growing businesses. So, uh, definitely seeing elevated demand and a big opportunity there. And then on the outbound side, we closed more than 20 deals where we had at least one of HelloSign's products bundled into the customer's Dropbox deployment. So more and more we're seeing a demand 
for uh, combined solutions on that front. I would also say, you know, our model is very much organic where we, uh, the self-serve motion begins and kicks us off. And I'm really, really excited that every single Dropbox user right now can have three free e-signatures on HelloSign, right? So they can get that experience and enjoy that experience, and then they um, have the opportunity to become a paid user. So there's part of this element that's great because we don't even have to actively do the cross-sell. It's there for, for our own existing customers to see and use for themselves. Got it. Yep. And, and even in Q2, I was just going to say even in Q2, um, usage of the e-signature solution and the HelloSigns API product um, increased by more than 25% versus Q1. So it's been good to see the tail in there. Got it. And maybe one quick follow-up uh, on, you know, it sounds like you guys are seeing um, some great tailwinds from work from home. Um, I guess as you look to 2021 and into the future, uh, you know, do you believe that these growth rates are sustainable um, going forward? And that's it for me. Thank you. Sure. Um, well, for me, the big opportunity is, again, that we're addressing this universal need, right, that every knowledge worker needs an organized place for their content that works with all their platforms. And, um, and this is an even bigger need now that we're working from home post-COVID because so many of us uh, have Office Docs and Google Docs and Airtables scattered across a number of platforms, and we don't see any of our competitors solving this problem. So looking to 2020, 20, or 2021, that's a big opportunity for us. And we're, we're building Dropbox into uh, an organizing layer for all your content that's platform agnostic and brings it all together. And second, moving higher in the stack and handling more of the workflows around your content. Um, and things like passwords and what we've done with Hellasign are good examples of that. Um, and I, th I think the shift to distributed work is is a transformative opportunity, and as I said in my opening remarks, uh, not unlike the shift to to mobile or shift to the cloud. Um, and we're in the first inning of that transformation. None of the tools we were using are purpose-built for this environment, So, I, and I think you design things pretty differently for the new world. So, so that's what we've been doing. We've, we've reoriented our product roadmap around this, and we'll have a bigger update um, in the second half about our smart workspace. And I would just add on, a, and I think that's a fantastic answer, Drew, I would just add on a related note, uh, you know, we absolutely remain on a trajectory to achieve the long-term targets that we outlined earlier this year. And so we continue to be on uh, a trajectory to deliver over a billion dollars in annual free cash flow by 2024. And certainly as it relates to next year, we'll have more to share when we issue guidance on our call in February. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jessic Ryko with City. Your line is open. Hey, um, hi, Dropbox team. Thank you. I'm, I'm in for Walter Pritchard. Um, a question on usage intensity, um, and it, it's really through the financial angle because as I'm looking on uh, at revenues year over year, you've increased your revenues, um, called 66 million, and uh, while you were keeping your cost of revenue essentially flat year over year, so it, it doesn't really look like you're rushing to install new servers or procure AWS capacity. So what can you tell us about your average engagement um, per user during COVID? Well, I can, I can speak to engagement, and, and Ajay can speak to financials. Um, as I shared earlier, um, 
we've seen uh, broad adoption um, across the board, uh, both of things like HelloSign and our new desktop app. Um, so progress we made there, adoption of the new desktop app in 450,000 Dropbox business teams. That was up from 350,000 in the prior quarter. And again, weekly actives are up 50% uh, quarter to quarter as well. So those are some of the measures we look at. Um, and the new desktop app's also a new foundation for us to drive all, drive adoption of all of our new products across the board. And so um, having these seamless experiences or having more surfaces allows us to have seamless integrations um, with HelloSign and, and all of our partner products. Yeah, and I would just add to that, uh, on the gross margin front, we're always focused on bringing down our unit costs and driving incremental efficiency, and we've done a good job of that over the past few quarters and the past few years. So things like our rollout of SMR technology, as well as our new cold storage tier, we're always innovating on that infrastructure layer, both as it relates um, to the unit cost of storage as well as compute, and so that's helping us drive a lot of that year-over-year efficiency as utilization increases. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I'd just say, uh, well, just engagement is important to us because we see that customers who engage more, retain better, have higher lifetime value, and same thing for collaborative users, same thing for folks that um, use our integrations. And so we're focused both on driving direct monetization by selling more um, high-value plans and then indirect monetization, just increasing retention and lifetime value. And on the ARPU sequential increase, it was a little bit less than in prior quarters. To what extent did the trial conversions have an effect on, on, on that mix? And what, what can you tell us about how that is going to evolve going forward? Sure. Uh, this is Ajay. I can, I can take that question. I would say it was really higher demand for our products resulted in the acceleration of uh, some larger scale deployments and conversions. It's the point that you just made. And so uh, we talked about University of Michigan. There were other larger scale EDU deployments that Olivia mentioned. And so certainly while all of those are a benefit to revenue, ARR, and paying user growth, uh, and they underscore the value users are getting from our platform, uh, those were a modest headwind to ARPU for the period. It will be a modest headwind to ARPU uh, uh, for the year. And so it's really that outperformance on the paying user front that's driving that. And the organic tailwinds to ARPU continue to be very strong so that those attached rates of new paying users to our premium and team plans, that mix shift from individual to team over time, uh, and gross new ASP for us, which is effectively the ARPU for new paying users, that continues to meaningfully lead our blended average ARPU. So that runway for expansion uh, remains. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jason Etter with William Blair. Your line is open. Hey, guys. This is Billy Fitzsimmons on for Jason Etter. Uh, one of the key data points you guys provided last quarter was around uh, you know, increased trials compared to pre-COVID levels, and that's something that obviously continued into this quarter as well. And, and I start with that because one of the interesting announcements last quarter was around changes to your, your mobile onboarding flow, so targeting users who are more likely to convert. And, and you mentioned last, you mentioned this quarter that you're making, you know, changes to your hello sign conversion engine as well. So I understand it might be on the early side to provide any, any initial takeaways from, from some of those changes to your mobile data-driven conversion engine, but, but any, um, you know, first kind of kind of details or first thoughts that you've seen the past couple months on either shifts in, in mobile customer close rates or, or customer feedback since since implementing those changes. And I ask because, uh, you know, th- though it's early, I, I'd imagine changes in, in aggre- aggregate, you know, mobile conversions are, are good for future HelloSign conversions. Thank you. Yep. I mean, we're 
focus on certainly improving the mobile experience and then just making the overall uh, experience across all our surfaces more seamless. Um, and the majority, I mean, and one way we look at the opportunity is the majority of our users at work are still either free users or on individual subscriptions, and so that represents a lot of embedded value and is one of our biggest upsell opportunities. Um, and other examples of streamlining and simplifying experiences are we want to help folks get into Dropbox business teams. And so streamline, we've made a lot of progress with things like streamlining the invitation process and onboarding process. Um, and we've also continued to optimize our conversion engines, our conversion engine to match users to higher value plans and so on. So we make steady progress on a number of dimensions on that front. Thank you. And our last question comes from Zane Prine with Bernstein Research. Our line is open. Hi, team. Thanks for fitting me in. I just wanted to dig into the, that uh, net dollar retention rate. Uh, the expansion quarter over quarter, is that primarily a function of the mixed shift to uh, more business customers with uh, business customers growing faster than those on consumer plans? Or is the mix holding relatively steady and the increase is driven by a kind of consistent renewal among your consumer plans with a expansion uh, with your business users. Thanks. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. This is Ajay. Uh, you know, overall, we've seen those those churn rates, the gross retention rates, remain relatively stable across the business. And the expansion we've been able to drive there in net revenue retention twofold. You touched on both of the factors. One is us continuing to drive expansion of existing Dropbox business teams that the teams adding more licenses to their deployments. And we're also uh, always driving a mix shift towards teams. So every period we're converting more and more gross new licenses uh, as team deployments relative to individual. And so that mix shift over time is, is changing. Okay, got it. And when, when should we expect the, uh, the net dollar retention rate to cross into the triple digits? It seems like that's really the, uh, the inflection point where you can stabilize revenue growth and, and really accelerate the margin expansion. Yeah, we don't, so we don't provide formal guidance, uh, or, or report formally against net retention, so we'll continue to provide color commentary, but certainly we've been pleased with the trajectory and trend that that metric has been on since our IPO and it has been improving pretty steadily. Uh, and so to the extent we have some milestones that we hit that it makes sense for us to share publicly, that's something that we'll, uh, that we'll certainly consider. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Ajay, and uh, best wishes for the other side. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. I will now turn the call back over to CEO Drew Houston for any further remarks. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for joining us this afternoon. Uh, we hope you're staying safe and healthy, and we look forward to speaking with you again next quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.